0: Hey, how's it going, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Supermarcato Brothers Video Game Music Podcast.
1: Thank you so much for joining us for this very relaxing episode. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best
0: in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Gran Turismo is our mm. topic for today. A yeah. very beloved series of racing games. Really uh, good and- games. Amazing graphics. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, I think there's a long history of racing games featuring excellent music because I think racing games really go back to some of the early kind of empowerment fantasies that I think the average individual when faced with the technology and the innovation of video games is like, okay, what are the things that I want to do? What sounds fun, but I don't need to cause myself bodily harm. And I think the idea of racing really fast in a car is a pretty elemental and, um, but yet like common desire that I think a lot of people have. And it's nowadays, it actually racing games seem sort of like quaint and simple that they're just there's so much almost like simulations in a way well
1: well, that's the thing is is the gt series uh carlos was giving me some really good info and insight about it but it's a very realistic series it's it's a simulation series he says that he says that there's a lot of customization uh and some people even call the Gran turismo series a car pg series and one thing i do want to say about the playlist today is uh, it's a little more specific than just going through all of the Grand Turismo series. We're only playing music from four, five, and six, with a heavy emphasis on six. And it's all really chill, kind of jazz, fusion, loungy music that I think Carlos uh, believes is mostly menu music. Uh, There's other types of music in the series, more like uh, exciting, electronic, techno music, rock, stuff like that, licensed songs. We're not focusing on that stuff today.
0: Yeah, so it's an interesting uh, topic, but I think one of the things that excites me about today's episode is putting all of this music that is in that more. Sort of background, loungy, public domain elevator music style. It it gets to put all of this in a context where I feel like it's true. In in the overall game, uh, you know, if you were playing this, this is probably the kind of music that would seem like background that you probably Mm -hmm. aren't that likely to pay attention to. So I think it's fitting that we do an episode spotlighting on this because when you have a licensed song and things like that, oftentimes those decisions are part of the marketing for a game, and that's part of what they're trying to sell to their audience but what's interesting about this music is almost all of this music we're playing today without exception is really designed to uh, it'd Be a sort of subtle element In the background to enhance The player's mood, the feeling of atmosphere And just being comfortable in this World where you're making so many choices You're essentially, a lot of the game Is probably dealing with menu navigation And I, we've seen so Many different video games take This sort of spacey Fusion-y, retro yeah. And melodic approach Sonic Mega Collection-y menu. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I there is something to that I mean, I, there's a lot of sports games this does put me in mind of. It makes me think a lot of like the Wii Sports games or Wii Sports Resort. One of the very
1: cool things about the music of the GT series is some of the earlier entries, they actually got Masahiro Ando of T-Square fame to do the music. Now, we do have a little bit of his music today, but there's another member of T-Square that also worked on some later entries in the series. So that's that's kind of a cool connection. So yes, today um it's going to be a lot of music from GT6, um, a handful from 5, and just two from 4. So what you heard playing in was actually from 6. It was called Gurney's Eagle, <laughs> and uh, that was composed by... I think it might be. I don't know if this is a real name or an artist name, Naoki Naotio Chiba. Um, so that that's the artist <laughs> of that opening track. And what we're going to do now is we're going to move back to GT Five, uh, which which the the music we're playing uh, from that is very loungy, very chill. And then the stuff that we're going to do from four, I thought they would be a good. Um, kind of middle of the episode palette cleanser it's a little bit more rocking actually the two tracks are playing from four and then we'll come back to the, the lounge vibe <laughs> i thought this was fitting also because as we're recording this it's it's will's the very end of his summer before he starts his semester so i thought this would be a good episode to, to, for will to put his feet up so
0: well and seeing as i don't plan to do any more uh ed- education in an institution after this i mean I, who knows maybe i'll get my phd in music some. <laughs> But I, I strongly doubt that, which would make this, in all likelihood, the last you know summer vacation or summer break that's crazy, that I'll man. ever get in my life. And so I, I look forward to hopefully next year after I graduate, just kind of hitting the ground running. And That'd I'm be someone great. who likes to keep busy. So I that's think that's true. Be, so, I, so, yes, I'm that Ready was... to say farewell to summer vacations.
1: <laughs> that was Gurney's Eagle. We're now going to go back to Gran Turismo 5. And this first track we're gonna play uh, was composed by Rio Sonoda. It's called Smoker's Lament. Here we go. This is sounds cool good. and smooth. This gives you guys a really good taste into the energy we're going to expect today. We're focusing on the loungier side of the later entries in the Gran Turismo series. This is from Five. It's called Smoker's Lament with some really smooth octave jazz guitar playing. Uh, this is composed by Rio Sonoda.
0: Will, thoughts? I'm in love. I I love right? how Sono establishes this really simple vamp. It's made of th- very three simple. chords, essentially, but they're all slash chords. It's very fusiony. The sounds and timbres and harmonic progressions definitely establish a certain era and atmosphere. It's very backgroundy, yet it's also it's just the bare bones you need to be. Melodic, and then with this final mm-hmm. bridge section, it gives it this synths, sort of song form so that's cool. really satisfying. But yeah, the guitar performance, the production, the tightness of the groove, the drum sound in particular is something right? I really like that dry sort of 70s sound. I mean, sound. The,
1: there's a reason why not only I wanted to do a Grand Trisme episode, but specifically focus on this side of these later episodes. Uh, entries is because there's so much underrated amazing music and I don't know if some of the stuff was like Japanese library house stuff that they did license or if it was specifically written for these games however it's just really great music that I think is quite underrated so that was one of the reasons behind
0: wanting to do this episode all right yeah, well I, I wonder if it, it could be licensed um i mean some a of title like smoker's lament sounds right sort of generic in that way but god i mean whoever this rio sonoda is i mean he's got a great job i was joking yeah. with carl like he seems like i picture him being like sort of young and kind of millennially and like smoking a vape and kind of like it just <laughs> has this sort of it, what's interesting is that this music sounds retro, but it's really cool. Like It, it feels this almost music on the is cutting edge at the same on, time. On the
1: whole playlist is very cool. Uh, this next track we're going to move to is a little more straight up jazzy, kind of jazz Latin. Uh, again, very retro. It's called Holiday, and this was composed by Taroma Koshida. Let's check it out. You guys are listening to Holiday. Such a feel good, sunshiny summer jam here, composed by Taroma Koshida from Gran Turismo 5. And Carlos is estimating that 90% of the music on today's playlist is probably menu (laughs) music.
0: This is amazing. Oh, my God, this is outstanding. I, I can't imagine a world where this isn't track of the week, uh, but <laughs> you're gonna I know love we're this place started. I was joking with Carl, this should play at every holiday gas station in the US. It's so, yeah, incredibly it, delightful. It would
1: make me feel like I'm
0: on vacation every time I walk in, which that would be great. This, this, this track just has it all. It has uh, that instant feel-good progression with those sort of jazzy alterations that just feel so smooth and sexy. It has that great old-school Latin groove. How cool is the doubling
1: of uh, lead acoustic guitar and flute on the melody. Like how cool is that yeah. sound? It It's the perfect doubling because flute is very soft and airy. Acoustic guitar is very plucky and short. And when you combine them with the great performance, it's just a delight to the senses.
0: Yeah. And it's not a sound that you hear a lot. Right. Flute and acoustic guitar like picked acoustic guitar yeah but it is that beautiful combination of timbres it's almost like meat and cheese or like having a carb and a you know protein item together there's this like really nice balance between the it's sort of short balance. decay and transient of the guitar string and the very airy breathy but sustained you know sine wave almost of the flute and it just yeah it's it creates a new timbre i think one of the most fascinating things in the in Uh, The field of orchestration, I guess, is what is like the best term for it. Uh, But as a composer, I think one of the most interesting things we have is creating new sounds out of existing sounds and I think sometimes people might think that's a more recent phenomenon you know the the whole idea of like recording and processing in a digital sense some acoustic sound in the world and then treating it and but I mean it doubling it is around. just one way you can do that Exactly, There's so many that's, different ways and that's exactly what composers have been doing for centuries right. finding these ways of you know you only have it's like have, color almost right it, it, well and when you the more you start to dig into it, it, you realize in the same way that we look at the early 8-bit NES composers as being limited by their timbres, you know, Mozart and Bach and all the classical composers were limited by other but similar constraints in terms of instrumentation and timbres and by mixing and matching and combining and using this in one register and this is in another register, you can get great mixtures. But yeah, that holiday track and the melody too, I, I feel like it does a great job of being um, sort of free and relaxing, but also really catchy and has well, a lot of internal repetitions. Well, I, think, repetition, Will, so I think the
1: next track has that exact quality. I love the melody of this next track as well. It's one of my favorites of the day. A little bit more modern jazz, I would say, maybe even jazz fusion. I think, Will, you're going to get a kick out of this one. It's called Night Birds. It's from Gran Turismo 5. Now, for some reason, I have a vague memory of us playing this on the podcast a long time ago. Uh, there's one or two tracks from the series that we've played previously. So could, this could have been one of them. Anyway, uh, Night Birds, and it's composed by Yudai Sato. Let's check it out. Absolutely outstanding. I think this is my second favorite track of the day. It's Nightbirds, composed by Yudai Sato. We gotta check out these names if they're licensed, just like, you know, non-VG composers, or if they uh, were just, you know, hired to work on these games. I don't know, but it's from uh, GT5, and it's such a great track. For the most part, it's this trio Uh, piano which you know maybe that person eventually plays the synth which is right with his right hand but then you also have obviously bass and drums it's a cool it's a very cool sound because it has this like modern virtuosic jazz performance that reminds us of some some groups like the bad plus experimental groups but you get a groove and a melody that's very traditional and very pleasing so it's a
0: cool combination well, very traditional and pleasing, but it, it has a, a distinct sort of Japanese touch. Da da, da 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 Like, that kind of phrase is just... I can't even describe why. Even if I were to break it apart and analyze it, it just gives me a feeling that just sounds Japanese to me. Like, if I, if I heard this out of context, I would think that it was... This sounds like it was composed by a Japanese composer. Well, it definitely was. Like, it isn't the <laughs> it isn't the performance and arrangement that's making me think that. It's, it's the, yeah, the, the, composition. the notes of the melody, well, which is wh- again cool reinforces that, um, why I think melody is such an important part of authoring I, I actually, a musical voice.
1: I like this style where the entire head uh, is basically a tr- that trio that I mentioned, but then all of a sudden the sax comes in just to blow, you know, later on. Which I don't know. I think that's cool when like you add another player who's not on the head. I think I think that's
0: a really cool touch. Well, and they're playing a lot of those out notes in the solo you know like playing yeah. whether it's polytonal or just chromatic but it's sort of thinking of scales and networks that are maybe like a tritone away or a minor third away so you're getting all of these really interesting colorful notes but it's executed with such elegance i agree with you carl i like delaying the saxophone's entrance until then because to me i think it keeps the sonic palette from feeling overly cliche exactly um and it allows and it's that a fun solo surprise to really be powerful God, this but yeah music everything is about this so outstanding one thing i want to call out there's this interesting you know you have that simple melodic idea that we mentioned but then in you know a lot of songs have a sort of form where you have an idea you know, on the one chord, and then you go to the four chord and repeat sort of the same sort of idea. Or there's a lot of old Broadway songs where it'll go up a minor third, or jazz songs where then it'll go down a whole step and kind of play the whole idea, you know, a whole step down. There's a lot of Bernard Herrmann melodies like this. But this song is really interesting. And I think what they get away with is they the melodic phrase upon the second half of the, you know, A section is much lower in the register but i think the and there is a modulation that happens but it's also being voiced with different chords where before it was like you know uh two five one now it's a different set of chords to harmonize yeah it's the really cool idea it's very so hip. it's a very subtle way of getting into a different key and it it's a type of modulation that just feels distinct it's like oh i've never heard that before in a song
1: Oh, God, so good. All right, let's move on to another track from GT5. This is Sunday, composed by Toroma Koshida. Here we go. You guys listening to Sunday, composed by Toroma Koshida, and he also did Holiday, too. So multiple Koshida tracks today uh, from Gran Turismo 5, and this is probably menu music. What's cool about this music is if some of this was licensed, um, it doesn't really matter because this sounds like video game music, and this would actually be at home in a lot of video game series, whether it's Animal Crossing, Will was even joking, you know, Mario Kart when we were listening to it. Um, So that's what I love about it. It's like I kind of don't really care
0: if this stuff was licensed or not. It's outstanding music. Yeah, it really is outstanding. Uh, Another really simple but exciting melodic hook. We have some more beautiful instrumental doubling here. Uh, this track is is the most bare bones, I think, of the day in terms of yeah. production. Albeit for this one element of the synth bass, which puts it it's still in the fusion camp, which I love. Especially yeah. in terms of, uh, you know, and if this is... You know, for films, oftentimes there are movies where there is no original score. The music in the film is compiled by... Uh, by essentially the music supervisor and put together in the film by the music editor. And I know there are similar people that work in games doing some of the same work. Oftentimes that work is mixed in side by side with the work of a composer or licensed songs. But so much of that work just goes completely unappreciated and is very thankless. But whether this soundtrack was composed from scratch for this game or was compiled by a music supervisor, that supervisor or whoever in charge did a great job of making all this music feel like it's part yeah, of one entity.
1: Whether it was licensed music or whoever, yeah, whoever was in charge of deciding the music has really good taste and definitely likes this kind of jazzy, funky music.
0: and Well, not just good musical taste. I think good taste in terms of letting the music sit well together because it isn't just a bunch of Latin tracks. It's like a bunch of tracks with curated production, and they're all sort of melodic and have a particular kind of voice, and all of them have some fusion-y element, even if there's a lot of acoustic focus. At least the stuff that I picked here today. Yeah,
1: that's true. Okay, Uh, this is one of my favorites of the day. It's called Dark Line. And it's the last one today we're going to play from Gran Turismo 5. It's composed by Satoshi Bando, and that was the person I was alluding to. Apparently, uh, Bando is another member or previous member of T-Square that really got a lot more tracks in uh, 5 and 6. And so we're going to hear more of Bando's music later today. Uh, But yeah, we're going to end 5 with Dark Line. You guys are listening to dark line the jam folks this is the jam composed by satoshi bando we're going to get at least a couple more bando tracks today and what a great introduction into the sound uh in the quality of music that i have been so excited to share for so long it's kind of a, an obscure topic as far as uh, you know we're not doing all the Grand turismo music we're not doing stuff from one two or three and there's probably a lot of exciting, like, techno stuff and rock stuff um, that, you know, people might be expecting that we're not doing today. So it's a little bit more obscure, but man, Part of me wants to great. play this
0: song in the Marcato band. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Just, like, in earnest. I mean, it's just so good. It's yeah, so it's phenomenal music. And I, something that we have to call out, the Autopan
1: yeah, uh, the, roads. On the roads
0: at the beginning which is uh, such a common sound and we've heard that on other tracks but that auto pan where it's sort of uh, the panning of the Electric piano is going back and forth. It's sort the traditional of a road sound, effect. but here, it's, uh, but it's, it's the quite way that it's used here, and often it is an effect for that auto pan to not necessarily be in the metered sync of the track. But what's mm-hmm. so cool about how this one starts is it starts with just roads and the auto pan is so extreme you can't help but notice it, and put the sort of chords that again we have no framework so when it starts off you almost hear the auto pan as a rhythmic entity Yeah, it's but so then cool. as the rest of the groove comes in you realize that Rhodes part was pretty syncopated and now this auto pan just clashes with everything and it starts to turn into this interesting polyrhythm and it's like you can feel it. for me it was like my head was vibrating I was like feeling the panning effect at a different rhythmic time than everything else and it was just such a cool And powerful sound, but a very simple approach. It's just combining two simple elements. It's often like we talk about with music, you know, a simple melody and a simple chord progression, but you put them together and have something interesting. Here, it's kind of like, you know, roads with autopan it's almost a cliche and then this f- sort of funk groove that n- nothing negative about these things but on their own they're not distinct but when it was introduced in this way it felt what like I noticed, oh, that's a cool effect I've never heard before all of Bando's
1: tracks like the rhythms were so interesting and what I found interesting is that Carlos told me that Satoshi Bando is or was a dr- the drummer T Square, one of the drummers. Uh, and so this is a drummer that's also <laughs> obviously an incredible composer, too. So that's very cool. All right, we're going to move to just a couple of tracks from Gran Turismo 4. And I was really struck by the soundtrack. And yes, there were some loungy, jazzy tracks that could have fit this vibe. But I actually really liked these two more higher energy, I guess, kind of rock jazz fusion tracks, and I thought it would be really cool to just have a couple tracks that really bring the energy up in a way uh, of kind of a palate cleanser. So, what do you say, Will? Should we do that here? Sounds good. This track is called Get Closer, and it's composed by um, Masahiro Ando, who is uh, of T-Square fame, as well as Isamu Ohira from Gran Turismo 4. Here we go. good you guys listening to get closer and this and the following track are a really nice change of pace bringing the rock today just a taste of that um and if you like this sound you can check out more of the series i think more of the early earlier entries may have had a little more of this um but still i mean this is a really standout track outstanding composed by masahiro ando as well as isamu ohira
0: this is like Sonic 3 good it's like really well composed it's amazing exceptional melodies built out of these really guitar centric riffs that just sound really fun to play and they hit hard with this production the tone of of that lead yeah it's it's cheesy but it's Very well executed. It's like this is anyone who listens to this and says, "Oh, it's so saccharine and cliche and over the top." It's like, okay, I challenge you to make something that is this polished, this tight. It's incredibly well crafted and composed and engineered. I just, I'm, I'm a big fan of it. The drums to me are kind of the weak link of this track. Yeah, they, they they have, they're sort of sound like they're not totally committing to an aesthetic. Like they have sort of a roomier punchy tone that i like but it doesn't hit hard enough and it doesn't feel aggressive enough i hope it's not style. uh
1: satoshi bando here on the drums because we, we were just praising his music and so hopefully maybe that's a different well, and it's
0: not i'm not criticizing the playing it's more the production maybe of just how the, drums the sound of it sound yeah. sonically i, I just I feel hear like, you yeah. i like that they're a little more roomy but there's something false about it like it, it's not as polished as the rest of the track you know you know what's tough man is like
1: this almost would have felt more at home if it was engineered and record in the 80s and you got that 80s gated reverb thing. Right. To do it now, or not now, but to do
0: it in the 2000s, I think it's kind of tricky. Yeah, it is tricky. I mean, I think it's hard to... I mean, having a good drum sound is maybe like the hardest thing it's in the, the music production <laughs> world. And I mean, I think it's telling why so much of our modern music just almost opts out from even yeah. attempting a cool drum sound and just goes yep. with the same 808, 808 sounds yeah. again and again and again with minor to sometimes no processing on it, which is funny because people in the 80s didn't even like that. Because to hilarious. them, they were like, these just sound awful. They sound fake. And they, they were exploring all these crazy over-the-top drum sounds. And then who knows that, like, that technology was just a few decades too early and that a, a future generation would be like, yeah, that's good enough. We'll just go with that. But like yeah, getting a great drum sound is takes so much, so much hard work. It really and does. I mean, I think we have already heard it early. Some of the earlier oh, tracks we were and playing, we're going like to hear more. Smoker's of Lament. There's a lot of great drums, incredible drum sound
1: on today's episode. This next track is is an oddball. It's so cool. It's called Green Monster. It's again from Four. Uh, again composed by Ando and O'Hira. I think. And what's cool about it is the beginning mixes in like metal with jazz fusion. It's it's interesting, and then it goes into something a lot more expected. Uh, it's a cool track. It's Green Monster. <laughs> So awesome you guys are listening to Green Monster And we have uh, these back to back GT4 tracks that I was really trying to bring a change of pace And the energy of the episode I love these tracks So much I actually Wish that Ando would have kept Going with this series and maybe he did Maybe I'm just unaware uh, it's possible That he that he, he contributed more Like main themes but definitely Not uh, you know the kind of menu Chill out music I didn't see his Name um, on, on Five or six this is so good. I love the... We were just talking about drums, but I really love going back and forth between the real drums and the electronic drums. It's really cool. Very exciting when they come back. The form of this song
0: and like the different sections are pretty insane. I like it. Yeah, I mean, this is some of the best music I think we've played on the podcast. It's just <laughs> exceptionally well done. There's a no reason but I was excited to level. do this. Yeah. I mean the it, melodically in terms of per- what's captured of the performance And I really love the production. I've never heard a track that sounds like this. Um, Production and arrangement in every way. Like there really is great arranging in the way that, like, when you think of the arranging that goes into like a Queen song, and you know (laughs) when they're in unison and when things cut out, and that that sense uh, that you know when you're listening to classic rock, where it's all just so well orchestrated and worked out ahead of time. I love that this track has that quality where it's like there are a few moments early on where. The the production expands, letting you know how grandiose this could potentially get. Yet there are other moments where we go to that more kind of like breakbeat drum sound. That's so cool. Yeah, sound. you know
1: what's you know what I love about this is like the, that first change. You know when you go to the electronic drums and the comp, the melody, like it's 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 almost a new song. Like it's such a stark change. But then how they tie it together. Is brilliant. Like you actually don't think they're really going cool. to tie it together because it's it such really a does. Change. It's
0: it yeah. This is a Sonic story. It's like telling a, a, a story with music. Or if, if you think of a sequence in a great action game, you know, where you do some puzzle solving, you take out some enemies, and you yep. work up to some big moment, and then there's like that moment where the intensity is high and your heart is pounding and the mm-hmm. music is racing and you feel like a hero and that's when you're at most engaged in the game. What I I love is a track like this on its own just the music divorced of all context there's a similar instinct for narrative and story well I actually like, it starts off letting you know kind of how big getting a little flavor of how big this track is going to go before mm-hmm. reducing it and that's almost the equivalent of like you know the in medias res the like starting in the middle of something and then going back to slow down and tell the story and then building up to this big climactic finish
1: You know, Will, I actually have a feeling, and Carlos can correct me if I'm wrong here, that these two tracks we played from 4, I could see these being actual in-game tracks because the energy is there. Uh, They actually don't scream menu music to me, so I'd be interested to see if that was the case. But okay, anyway, guys, we're going to move on to Gran Turismo 6. We have a lot of this music here today, and it's so good. We're going to go back to the loungy vibes. Let's play a track called Red which was composed by Yuki Oike. absolutely in love with the music on this playlist today. This is Red composed by Yuki Oike, another phenomenal composer I got to look up. This is from Gran Turismo 6, which has an insanely big soundtrack and there's so many tracks that feel like kind of loungy background music that must be menus. Um, And a lot of them start off with the genre of what the track is. So jazz or lounge. There is some rock, some other electronics, some other genres that might not be represented today. But yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Definitely check out the the soundtrack to 6 because it's so big and there's so
0: much great stuff in it. How about this track, Red, though, Will? yeah the the groove in production again is really delightful and getting some interesting sort of cheesy sounds there with those what almost sound like it's interesting the style of this track it makes me think of pop music production from like 2002 or three. early 2000s like the, yeah. these sort of flute samples the synth strings but it's, it's just the particular mixture of elements of synths and more electric and acoustic instruments has this sort of innocence to it and this sort but, of yeah but the music we'll is kind of this acid jazz
1: that. 70s yeah. slash early 90s kind of thing it's oh I, I, I could
0: almost hear Jamiroquai singing on top of this
1: or something it's <laughs> It's such a good track,
0: though, man. This is is an embarrassment of riches It definitely is asking for some sort of vocal
2: element. Yeah, I
1: think Uh, so. Well, let's see what we got next. Um, We're going to go back to something a little more retro here. This is a really relaxing piece of music. It's called Time to Rest, and this one was composed by Yu Manabe, again from 6. Here we go. guys are listening to the delightful time to rest from gran turismo 6 composed by yu manabe and i picked this one for you will uh when i heard this it made me think of you your music and the music that you enjoy and so yeah i thought it would
0: it would be a fun addition to the playlist and i i hope you enjoy this one i do really enjoy this one it has a very sweet and innocent Chord progression and a very mm-hmm. sweet and innocent melody. Uh, and Beautiful features, violin, yeah. Playing. A lot of these sort of open chord tones. Yeah, and the violin playing has this sort of sneaky but innocent quality. Like yeah. it would work great in an animated film, almost like up to underscore a right. child because it has humanity and sweetness to it. But there's also the way it's sort of slightly pitch bending and sliding, and we're just getting a little bit of that. It's fiddle a sly performance, yeah. Well, it's cool because it sounds like a melody that wasn't written for fiddle. You know, it has that quality that it's not a very idiomatic for the violin type of tune, but that gives it so much character. There's, like, layers of personality, you know, because the, the melody Indeed. itself has one kind of personality, and then the way it's performed sometimes can go along with that, and sometimes it can contradict. And I think that's a, another great thing that as, like, media composers, there's so much potential for how to characterize a person or an event or a game or a movie or whatever because some there are so many ways it's like even if you have i mean i think something like the hit points are a perfect example of it's like how can they do such faithful and interesting covers of something like guile's theme but be this also be off this authentic <laughs> bluegrass yeah like, it has that those quality two things for jive sure. but it's like there's just so many ways to characterize a melody there's so many different schemes that I, one can choose
1: if i remember correctly uh, all of you manabe's compositions on six were right next to each other in the soundtrack and i think they all had violin i think they were all this sound and so That is very curious to me if they got, you know, a few different tracks from a Yumanabe album or part of a licensed thing, or if he composed those specific tracks for the game. Very curious about that. Uh, All right, folks, it's time to move on to this week's track of the week. And it was a really tough choice for me. We'll see if Will (laughs) agrees with me on this one. Um, It's composed by Yudai Sato, who's my favorite composer of the day. He composed that Night Birds that I was so into earlier in the episode. And he composed this. It's called The Power of GT. So finally, we have a title that feels like it belongs in, in a Gran Turismo game. It's such a cool track. I can't wait for you to hear this, Will. Let's all check out The Power of GT. phenomenal piece of music this is the power of gt composed by yudai sato from gran turismo 6 and i think it's fitting for track the week because it's such an achievement it's such a complex and beautiful and amazing piece of music that i think deserves to be heard by everyone and i think this is very underrated stuff
0: yeah i mean i adore this just trying to track the meter changes alone Uh, is an interesting exercise. It's changing all the time you have it. It's like five, five,
1: six, five, 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 six. I mean it's like always. Well and I feel like every
0: every choice in this piece of music is all aiming in the same direction. Whether it's that sort of Really filtered, uh, reversed piano sound at the beginning that starts us off and brings us into this hypnotic dream world, or the sort of slash chord fusiony vocabulary. Oh, the that's amazing sort of guitar solo later on in the track, yeah, that's playing again a lot of those out notes, some of those blue notes, but it, it feels both modern and retro at the same time. Then add to that this sort of topsy turvy approach to meter and groove, and it always feels like you never quite expect where it's going this would be a hard track to dance to it's a hard
1: track to do everything to yeah you know what i love about this track is it couldn't be more complex it's very very complex i would say it's just as complex as a lot of like kind of american stuff like snarky puppy a lot of modern fusion but what i think this track has am i not going to throw all of that music under the bus but this track is not obnoxious this track there's not an ounce of kind of okay yeah we get it you're all just kind of showing off how complex you can get there's something appealing and like universal about it which is so impressive
0: yeah and i i think what's tough is that stuff is subjective and then sometimes over the course of a person's lifetime they can go from not appreciating something and then eventually develop a taste for it just like with anything like you know food or Beer, coffee, alcohol, stuff like that. Sometimes our our tastes and perspectives can change over time. But I agree with you. There, it seems like th- this music is definitely designed to be more appealing. And yeah. In in my personal opinion, that I give it bonus points because I think it's a lot harder to do the kinds of things that uh, Sato is doing in this track, but. To make them still appealing and accessible yeah, to or the I average guess, like, gamer, not to me, just I the would average say, Jazz Fusion fan.
1: To me, I would say hooky. There's something oddly hooky about this track. Like, it pulled me in, and I, I you know, I stayed in its orbit the entire 4 minutes, 12 seconds that I was listening to it. And that is actually more rare for me when I listen to a non-VGM
0: modern Jazz Fusion track. It's very rare that that happens to me. I think some of it uh, really could come down to the fact that this music is constructed to be loopable. And so it has the constraint of a, a more simple accessible form. Not to say that snarky puppy tunes don't do that too, but a lot of times there is more elaborate kind of structured sections where it really feels like this the intro is totally separate from the head and then there's this weird breakdown that happens later and then all the solos can sometimes take you on an entirely different kind of journey. Yeah. I mean there's that great Cory Henry solo in the, their album from like a number of years ago. It's the lingus solo. One of my yeah, favorite yeah, yeah. Solos And of it just completely turns into like a different kind of song. Like that solo is like its own episode of something like it's just so elaborate and you couldn't do something like that in a a soundtrack for a game because it's like i mean most people won't hang on the menu for that long i guess but still every time it loops Having something that long and that much of an excursion, yeah, that's like a one-off it live experience,
1: <laughs> which is cool to do that too. But it's very different. Uh, I think this playlist would go really well uh, in the background if you're studying, if you're getting some chores done. I think it's a really good chill out playlist. And this track in particular, I get that from it as well. It's called Lotus in Dam, composed by Akimasa Yamada. guys are listening to the incredibly chill lotus in dam that's d-a-m composed by akimasa yamada from gran turismo
0: six man this is this is really well done Uh, the drum sound here the whole rhythm section is just as tight and fat as can be uh it's
1: tight and fat and smooth like butter could not be And the engineering
0: and mixing is really strong i mean this like It gets into that, you know, like, earth, wind, and fire. Like, it's just really well This, like,
1: public domain elevator music, but from, like, modern Japanese composers, is the gift that keeps on giving.
0: Like, this is spoiling me. I love this music. It's so up my alley. Yeah. It is an interesting mix of things. But I, I definitely get the sense that this type of vocabulary is... Coming back around, it's almost, I wouldn't say it's mainstream, because I don't know that there is such a thing as mainstream anymore. I feel like musical tastes and tastes in any medium have become so fragmented, and sometimes, like, YouTube stars have more eyes on them than, like, people in conventional media or, like... Movies sell fewer tickets than certain YouTube videos made by supposed amateurs. So it's like every it is hard to say, but I feel like I'm hearing more and more music coming from more what I used to consider mainstream channels that sounds like this that has yeah that is harmonic true. interest and feels like there's a sense of like beauty and joy and that jazzy melodic style that right. we so
1: love or just a lot of throwbacks right to like the sound. 70s 80s and stuff um okay that's awesome let's go back to the composer yu manabe who did that wonderful time to rest uh this is this is a track called slow life with sunshine Amazing. You guys are listening to Slow Life with Sunshine, and I googled you, Manabe. Sure enough, it is a Japanese violinist and composer. Uh, it's someone who has been featured in other video games. Apparently, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, as well as the second one, and Splatoon 2 was even featured. Uh, Manabe was featured, and uh, I think some
0: other movies and games here and there. So what a great composer. This is absolutely delightful. Well, it's awesome when a performer is also a composer. And I think performers, in my experience, make the best composers. Uh, and I think that's because it's just having so much exposure to music at a high quality, especially a performer like this who's you know been featured in high-level projects so clearly has an aptitude on their instrument. So they're getting you know, to read and play music for some of the best composers in some of the highest profile yeah. projects. So I imagine as a composer, what a better education than being a part of that process and experiencing that. Now, and I think it's very possible Yumanabe has been a composer for a lot longer, but I think being in that world is, is such an incredible help. I mean, I have yeah. friends, some of my friends in the program with me are like my friend Hanuk for instance like he hasn't been composing for very long but he's incredible and it's because he's played violin since he was yeah like that kind of gives you a head start and yeah. is an incredible violinist who's like played around the world and stuff so it's like his early efforts at composition sound so sophisticated <laughs> and yeah. have this knowledge and taste for music and melody and subtlety and it's interesting how it's like it's but i think it's the same way that you know i remember when you learned how to play guitar i feel like you learned that a lot quicker than piano or drums. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because you already had the experience of those other instruments to draw from. So you could kind of make those connections You can kind
1: of translate it quicker at that point. Uh, Let's move on. This track, I've been excited to get to the whole day. It's another Satoshi Bando jam. It's called Slow on the Uptake. And Will, I think you're going to get a kick out of this one. Here we go. You guys listening to slow on the uptake composed by satoshi bando of t-square this is from gt6 and there's a lot of american pop r&b hip-hop love uh, that bando is injecting in this track i mean it f- <laughs> will was joking when we were listening to it and i was hearing that too it feels like a T-Pain song that you're just muting the vocals or something. I mean, there's there there's the just... vocals
0: are that sort of piano and yeah, synth it's line. it's
1: so sexy, so cool. It has a little bit of that drunk kind of rhythmic disparity happening in a really
0: good way. A good amount of that. Well, there's a there's a great uh, ludicrous song that features T Pain, and by features I mean T Pain wrote it and yeah, came up with the yeah. hook and the musical groove. But it's called a "One More Drink," um, right? And it's super sexy and has this kind of like slow jam. I feel love to hearing
1: it. that kind of American style coming from someone like Satoshi Bando. I think it's really yeah. cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, a, a, a very subtle taste for will. Can you harmony, imagine for groove for production?
1: What an amazing collaboration it would be to have someone like him make tracks for someone like t-pain to like (laughs) like that would be they would really get along i feel like they would make great tracks i definitely
0: think more collaborations between people from around the world would be so fascinating but i also see like t-pain as someone who does a lot of stuff for himself i would love to hear artists like this work with vocalists who aren't really known as much as like songwriters like T-Pain is such a, you know, he's a songwriter, performer, producer. He's kind of the everything in one guy. But there are definitely people where it's like, what an amazing voice. But, you know, the songs they write themselves aren't exceptional. But like exactly. if you just had access to their r- sheer talent and then you had access to the well, talent compositionally and arrangement wise. Well, if anyone wants to like do a
1: freestyle on top of this or drop some vocals on top of this, <laughs> you should do that and tweet at us uh let's move on this is a weird one it's one of the more atmospheric dreamy ones on the day and it makes sense because the title is dream world the artist is Kemai. i don't know how to say that it's all caps k-e-m-m-e-i
0: however you say that k-may
1: k-may from gt6 here we go You guys are listening to Dream World by Kame from GT6, and it's a track that takes quite a while to really build, but it's a payoff when it finally does, and the bass comes in, the drums come in. Man, it's cool. It's this really strange cycle of seventh chords, uh, very patty, very ethereal, but groovy and oddly hooky.
0: I'm a well, fan and- of it. It's interesting. It's the kind of progression that I was talking to Carl when we were listening to it that it's like this is a piece of music that I feel like couldn't have been created or I mean it could have but it wouldn't have been created before the advent of all of our digital musical tools. And this chord progression, every single chord is a basically like a minor 9 or almost a minor 13 chord. Yeah, a that's true. Seventh it's more extended chord with than these seven, extensions, yeah. but because it's all sort of equivalent. Just move just it up and, in and parallel, up and down and parallel. Just move you around. Get, it's so chromatic because notes that were once flat are now natural or ones that were once natural are now sharp. You know,
1: this is a track where anything goes. Uh, there are no rules, and that's what makes it feel dreamy and vast. And I
0: think... But it's also... It's, it, what's cool about that is it's complexity it's avoidance of conventional tonality is it, it it's almost like it's distinct from if you look at the way chromaticism emerged in classical music it got so much denser and more complicated than this. And I think that's because they were so still concerned with all these rules about voice leading and everything. Right. And th- th- there, there had to be so much logic and justification behind the use of dissonance. And even as music got really dissonant and complex. But what's cool is once you start being able to have, you know, a keyboard setting where you hold down a single note and it mm-hmm. basically plays a minor seventh chord built with that on the root, well, then you can start start taking that as a paintbrush and just playing notes around the keyboard and you can... It's funny how that actually does
1: work. Yeah. It has to work in the right context. Like, you know, Keme here really makes that feel natural, especially when the groove comes in. Like Because the groove is something that is a little more structured and simple and so... You know, it, it makes sense in, in this particular track. And you hear it so many times, yeah. so you get used to it. But, well, wow, what the a kind cool of, one.
0: It's the kind of thing, too, that I feel like wouldn't have exactly existed before our before our ears have been trained to that kind of stuff from it was electronic the right time. music. Yeah. But yet it's like it was waiting there for anyone to use. Stravinsky could have done it, but he didn't for whatever reason. Well, I'm glad Kame did. Uh, let's move on to a really interesting piece of
1: modern jazz called mr svenson's coffee break in heaven this has got to be licensed this has got to be an outside piece it's by taku yabuki and to me this track is very reminiscent of some more western modern jazz like the bad plus actually so it's a pretty interesting piece let's take a listen <music> guys are listening to Mr. Svensson's Coffee Break in Heaven. Very obscure music, in my opinion, but really well done. I'm glad to share all of this with everyone. This is composed by Taku Yabuki, and it's definitely more Western-sounding than anything else on the playlist, and it's maybe one of
0: the more free compositions. It's quite interesting, really well done. I adore it. It, it, The way that it blends between some of these more progressive elements and some of these really simple and accessible melodic and elements. emotional wow very emotional it's a yeah, it's it, a deeper track than i was <laughs> prepared for when listening thing to the score that excites me as a composer is that there really are no rules and i don't mean that our choices don't matter i think they matter Almost more than they would if there were a simple set of rules that we could follow. If music was simply a game or simply a literal language where this equals that and it's a zero-sum exercise, but it isn't. And sometimes you might think... Uh, this usually doesn't sound good. Yet you hear it in a different context, and you're like, "That was my favorite part." And sometimes you're like, "Ooh, this kind of chord is just awkward in this context." But yet, mm-hmm. you're constantly proven wrong, and that that phenomenon is so constant throughout the history of music, it almost makes the concept of that there are rules laugh a laughable notion. I think yeah, it's just that sure. there are definitely patterns and it's systems just all about
1: context. And, I think like. What's crazy about music is like, and you hear this with like the masters of music, uh, the virtuosos and stuff like you can almost make anything work in a certain context and w- maybe with a certain contrast or combination. Almost anything could work. And I think that's an important thing to remember as a musician and a composer is that rules are obviously important and we should learn why they existed and when to use them. Right. But there are times when you could, I mean... You can make anything work if you do it at the right time. Well, and
0: the the problem is just that stuff is so subjective. It's like those yeah. rules exist because the the things that they studied tended to use certain patterns and systems in order to communicate something. And so right. by emulating that. You you can do that as well. And I think that's absolutely true. But that doesn't make those things rules because it, like you said, so much is about context. and so much of it, like you're saying, it's just like it comes down to having great taste. Well, what is great taste? Like define great taste. It's really impossible to do because it's so subjective. And to me, it's like you always will get down to that kind of place with music where you can just not really describe what one makes example it good. of
1: great taste is, almost like if you're you're a chef and you're just sprinkling seasonings like you know let's say dissonance or let's say some sort of surprising moment right if the entire piece is nothing but that, it's going to fall on its face. But when you sprinkle it, and this track is a good example, where you sprinkle those moments of dissonance or those freer moments with, you know, melodic simplicity and emotion and and, and things that, we, that are really universal. And so I think it's choosing when to add the spice <laughs> and then yeah. when to well, rein it I in. I
0: think all we can do is, like, as listeners, all we can do is observe, and as composers, all we can do is sort of try and experiment. But See even in that metaphor it's like I often think if Gordon Ramsay made me a dish you know he's so critical of everyone else but if he made me his version I'd be like ah I don't really care for it
1: that's hilarious it's like
0: a, a, sometimes that that learned wisdom is valuable and it's something that's based on tradition and knowledge and science. There's there's total value to it, but sometimes it's like I'm okay that someone might listen to that Mr. Svensson's track and be like, I just didn't care for it, and someone else might. I mean, listen it's to incredibly it say, it's subjective. My favorite thing music that's might what's be so cool the most subjective it. thing in the world. Uh, this uh, we only have a few
1: tracks left, and this next one to me is a classic Gran Turismo <laughs> tune. At least the the side we're focusing on today. It's called. Uh, Mesmerium, composed again by Satoshi Bando. You guys are listening to Mesmerium by Satoshi Bando from GT6, and it's the sound and the vibe that we've gotten so much today, and I absolutely love it. You know, I was Googling this track and the previous track, and I will say that at least on Google, I can't find anywhere else where this tune exists other than Gran Turismo 6. Results And so it appears like a lot of this music was written for this game.
0: <laughs> Maybe. I don't know for sure. But I think the cool thing, though, is like almost of any game matter. music that we've played, I feel the most comfortable analyzing and discussing this stuff outside of context from the game. Because, frankly, yeah, it yeah. doesn't <laughs> have anything to do. It's like this is background music. It's just music good jazz music. In the yeah, truest sense. Uh, and so analyzing it as music it's I mean that's how it was created that's what's de- so designed so I think for, our yeah. analysis of you know melody and harmony and groove and production and the drum sound and all that it's like that's more accurate to what Satoshi Brando was thinking when working on this so I, <laughs> I totally I feel agree. like It's different when you're looking at something more narrative-driven where it's like, I wasn't thinking about a flat nine. I was trying to score the scene, you know? Yeah, when we have
1: examples like menu music or sometimes even credits, you know, more background music, it is more of a luxury for us because we don't have to worry about the context as much. Uh, This next track we're going to play, this is the last of the day other than the playout. It's called arcade mode so that is a little more clear what this is it's composed by akimasa yamada uh, who comes back Uh, we heard yamada in that track called lotus in dam before Um, let's take a listen to arcade mode You guys listening to Arcade Mode from Gran Turismo 6, and this was just a taste of the more loungy side of this series, uh, specifically 4, 5, and 6, and there's a lot of cool music from 1, 2, and 3, and there's a lot of cool music from the whole series that we didn't focus on today, it wasn't really the intention of today, whether it's the more rock stuff or the more electronic stuff. Um, there's a lot of great stuff that we can come back to. Um, I just remember over the years, you know, stumbling upon some of these later scores and just being blown away by how much, you know, wonderful jazz and fusion and lounge music there was. And I always knew that one day we should focus on it. And I'm so glad we finally did. Uh, Will, do you have a good time today?
0: I had a great time. This is some of my favorite Uh, types of tracks to discuss on this show. (laughs) Music where it just feels like music for music's sake Uh, It's background in its context in the game, yet it's foreground in the sense that it's not trying to be subtle and out of the way of some action or dialogue. It's very entertaining music. It's very entertaining. (sighs) A lot of it's really catchy. A lot of it is incredibly well-produced. The one criticism I would say is that because there's music by so many different composers, you know, I I think, um, to me, Gran Turismo 5 held together of the you know, and we didn't play yeah. much from four, but of the two, mm-hmm. that one held together more as a single soundtrack where it felt like all of those tracks could be part of the same entity where yeah, I hear you're saying, and I think a little you're right. More distinct where it's like the Umanabe tracks think, are very much the Umanabe, and the dream world by Kame was very different than the, you know, coffee break in heaven. Well, one. I
1: think the playlist today is indicative of the whole scores because six is probably like four times bigger <laughs> Than five, like it's it's a massive score, and it's almost like they just kind of got random tracks in many different genres, where five felt a little more uh, specifically curated. So that's interesting that you say that. I think that's which very I true. mean,
0: you know, we shouldn't say that there's no context. This music is part of the experience of the game, and I think as game music, and in terms of setting up a particular atmosphere that tells you something about the world. I would say that I think 5 actually succeeds a little more in the way that I feel like, to me, I know everyone loves the, the new Smash Brothers game, which I do like on the Switch, but to me there's so much music and the way that it plays is almost random. That yeah. it actually feels less special than the old. Smash well, sometimes Brothers less is There was only sure. one track per stage, and I feel like they've expanded the content to the point that it's almost like no one's having a shared experience anymore. It's like every time yeah. you play the yeah, game, yeah. The you'll last thing I want to say is,
1: if anyone is a you know especially a fan of of rock uh, music, like I, I am thinking like Brian Kelly for example, uh, you should check out GT6 because you know a lot of the music we played the track titles would be parentheses jazz. Or parentheses lounge, you know, so almost all the stuff we played maybe had those parentheses, but there's an entire section that's rock that I didn't choose from, but that it's solid stuff. And so it's pretty wild how much music there is in the series. We're going to play you guys out We're with here a really to
0: chill. We're here to vape. <laughs> We're here to just have a good time. We're going to play
1: you out with a really chill jazz tune that is very happy. It's Expressway, composed by Daisuke Kawai from GT6. That's about it. I think we
0: should get out of your hair. And we do have to mention, uh, we do have to mention that we recently released Hero of Legend, uh, Season True. of Shadow, and that was a couple weeks ago that that came out. But at the time that you're listening to this, that album is now also available. In addition to our Bandcamp, it's available on Apple Music, Spotify, and I think will continue to be added to other apps and services that allow yeah. you to listen to your favorite music so so
1: check it out we, if you haven't folks I think you'll get a kick out of it
0: yeah I, we still definitely recommend uh, getting it on bandcamp for sure because when yeah. you do that um, not only does more of the money go to us uh, which we appreciate but you also get that PDF art booklet that has more of Carlos's incredible images and it has more it has the prose that you know Marty has written and it kind of is designed to look like like an old video game instruction manual.
1: Yeah, if it was up to us, um, our listeners would buy it on Bandcamp to support us and check out the art. And then when you're, you know, working in the background, put it on Spotify, put it on Apple Music for sure. Um, That's that's kind of a, a good rule of thumb. I think Bandcamp's still a great way to support the
0: artist that you love but whatever you Um, do and if you don't want to buy it that's fine too we're not (laughs) we're not trying to pressure anybody man this is a chill episode well we hope everyone vibe
1: has had a good summer and everyone else who's heading back to school we hope you have a great fall semester and i think that's about it my name is carl brueggemann and i'm will Brugeman.
0: have a great week everybody
1: peace out